This is a National Arts Center podcast. Welcome, Timo. Thanks for joining us today. Nice to be here. So um, we're going to be presenting two of your pieces. That you, most of the concert, in fact, half the concert is your repertoire for the upcoming Wolfgang on November 19th at the Mercury Lounge. Um, we have Early to Rise and Safe Travels. <clears throat> now, Early to Rise is a string quartet um, that I was reading on your website. You constructed it as, as having four sections, but it's it's one continuous movement, basically, right? That's right. And I, I had sort of um, wanted to write something that felt like it had a bit of the scale of, of the traditional four movement string quartet, which is maybe 20, 25, 30 minutes, um, but compressed into a, just a 10 or 11 minute mm-hmm. uh, chunk of music. And so really how I did that was by making the materials themselves very short. Um, they're kind of each of the four sections based on just a, a little motto. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that it moves forward is by sort of pushing that material to a breaking point, at which point it kind of uh, the music flips and the material is transformed into the material for the next section. Okay. Is the, this this mo, this motif or these these little uh, cells? Are they um, do they have any inspiration, or do they, are they related to something else? Or are these just is this a piece of material that you came up with for your own? The use? first, uh, the, the very first thing that you hear in the piece, which is just um, a, a little five note motto uh, played in the violin, um, that is uh, sort of modeled on uh, a piece by Schumann. From oh, cool is is morning songs, uh, which was a very very late piece. I, I think it might be the the final or, or penultimate piece that he wrote. Right, it's for piano um, as well, right? Solo piano, right. yeah. Um, morning songs or Gesenge der Frühe, uh, if you're German, it's good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've always been obsessed with the piece, and um, it's one one of my favorite things to play. Uh, and it's it's just this little accompan- accompanimental riff um, in in uh, the second movement of that piece, uh, which I which was sort of the the germinating idea for mm-hmm. early to rise. Cool. So the and and um, if I if you don't mind me saying, I was looking at your website because I, I was fascinated with what you what you had to say about this piece and how each section. You have, as, as you mentioned, the, each section evolves until it, it, it flips, as you said. And these mm-hmm. tipping points you you quote on your website. And then you also have uh, instances you were, you were mentioning on your website of like how this evolves to contrary motion, that suddenly the, the voices move in different directions. And then you finish with a chaconne, right? Or is that in the, sorry, the third section? The chaconne idea, it's really almost, well, I 
I'm not sure that, that I would use that word okay. anymore. No, absolutely. It's really, the, the idea of a chacon is that you have a repeating pattern mm-hmm. uh, that the music is all based on. Uh, chacon, it would be a harmonic pattern, mm-hmm. uh, like the, the, the Bach D minor chacon or the fourth movement of Brahms fourth symphony. In this, it's a little different because each time the pattern repeats, it modulates. So the, the modulation that 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 aspect of change is actually built into the material. And that's something that I am very interested in when I'm selecting any type of material Mm -hmm. is like, what are the possibilities in this that can sort of give rise to an entire musical structure, Mm -hmm. not just something that sits on the page and might sound pretty on its own, but something that has that little bit of sand in the oyster, you know? <laughs> I like that. That yeah. makes the pearl. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's a nice analogy. <laughs> for the um, for the other piece on the program of Wolfgang, it's Safe Travels. And you've written this for the incredibly talented and and, and one of my favorite groups, Why Music Ensemble. Um, oh, good. I'm, I'm glad you're a fan. Oh, totally. I went to school with half of them. So I, I, I know oh, them no all way. well. Yeah. Um, I know Alex very well. Anyway, it's 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 great. It's great. We've been programming a lot of the music actually over the last couple of years. That was written for Y Music. It's it's so mm-hmm. accessible and it's so interesting and unique and innovative. A lot of the music that the composers were writing for them, it's it's fabulous music. And so it's brave though because a lot of our pieces are so customized for those particular players. Right. Exactly. It's well, uh, I don't know too many people. I think uh, this performance and one one other performance. Uh, coming up are maybe only the, the second or third groups really? to take that piece up after Y Music. Yeah, because okay. it's so difficult. I wonder, is this maybe the Canadian premiere of these works? Do you know? I'm not sure hmm. if Y Music has played Yeah, they may have toured it here, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's hard, hard to keep track of what, <laughs> what they play where because everything is like a rock show, basically. I know, where, they're, and they're so busy. They're constantly, constantly playing with people. It's amazing. Right, right. Um, so, safe travels, though. Um, tell us a bit about that piece. And you, you mentioned that it's 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 uniquely written for them. So, what, what do you mean by that? Well, these are players who, you know, the idea of having a sextet that is violin, viola, cello, flute, clarinet, trumpet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is not an ensemble that exists in the world of standard right. repertoire. So, you know, the reason that this ensemble came together is because of these six specific musicians mm-hmm. who are, are who exist in this very particular type of uh, sort of jumping um, between lots of different uh, musical pursuits. Um, mm-hmm. And they all love playing together. Um, and I, I've been playing with many of them over the years and, and writing for many of them. And so it was one of those pieces that when I was writing, I was like, you know, I could hear Nadia Sirota's viola in, right. in my head or, or Alex Sop's flute. Or, right. Um, and that, that is always sort of a very, very helpful starting point mm-hmm. uh, when you're trying to come up with an idea for a piece. Um, 
so it's it's very it's it's kind of this intense like the the virtuosity in terms of playing chamber music together uh, was an idea that I was really interested in. It's like not necessarily how well can these people play their instrument on their own because mm-hmm. I mean we know they're all sort of virtuosos yeah. in their own right. They're all super talented. <laughs> but what like what is it about? when these people play with each other, that is so exciting. Um, and so, so the level of chamber music playing in this piece is, is very, very demanding, mm-hmm. sort of very quick, um, pockets, which are, you know, passing one musical line around between different musicians. Can you speak um, to the difficulty of that? And, and what, what, what is, what, what is your understanding of the, dif- or sorry, not understanding, but what is your concept of that difficulty for the musicians? Basically, the idea of dividing up a musical line between players and making it sound, on the one hand, smooth mm-hmm. and, and rhythmically intact, but on the other hand, getting that changing sound quality that you get by moving it between the different instruments. Right. Okay, so like a, like the way that the color can change, but you don't necessarily want to know that it's a change in the instrument or the player. Or that you, you retain a sense of the musical line being okay. whole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you're sort of trying to create this new instrument that's built out of multiple instruments. Um, and, that you know, the speed at which that happens in this piece is, is I think, really quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that is sort of the main idea behind this piece, and actually a reason I think it's a, a great pairing with uh, the quartet, Early, early to Rise, um, is that idea of having uh, the idea of change being sort of a seed which is built into the material and mm. that that is that becomes the piece. Um, and so, so Safe Travels is similarly uh, built on one of those patterns okay. that modulates each time it's, uh, each time it repeats. Um, and so it's a, it's a very, I've, I've, it, it, it makes for this very sort of, uh, um, unsettled feeling. It's constantly sort of growing and changing and, and it, when it does move on to a new section, it's like another section, which is constantly changing in a different <laughs> way. Okay. And so you, you never really quite have the sense of being settled down or of, of resting in a place for too long. And when it does near, near the end have, uh, find this kind of low point that it keeps on returning to, it's still, uh, it's a, it's an unresolved, it's a kind of unresolved low point. I see. Okay. And then after it, it, uh, it kind of hangs out there for a minute flies off to somewhere new and then the piece is over. <laughs> so you, you never truly resolve and, and you, you bring back the idea of going somewhere in a fleeting, a fleeting last gesture. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was sort of, uh, I, the, the idea of safe travels. I mean, um, it, I kind of wanted to do a piece about traveling for Y music because they're always on the road and, <laughs> and uh, they are such, uh, 
so, so widely traveled and, and they make it, uh, they kind of <laughs> make an art of it as, <laughs> as much as any touring group that I know. Oh, that's great. Um, so we've talked about this, these, these two pieces and how they're kind of constructed, but what kind of sounds, what kind of, of, um, uh, colors. I like that word when talking about the sound of an ensemble or the sound of a piece. Can our audience expect to hear from your music? That's a, I mean, that's I know that's a very loaded a question. question. It's a very loaded question. I know. I maybe I can help in in terms of what I I'm, I'm thinking. Like, you know, your 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 music is not atonal, right? But it's also doesn't, uh, it doesn't no. it, exactly it doesn't. But it doesn't exist necessarily in one tonal place. Very well, <laughs> I, you know, um, I, yeah, I, I think, uh, thinking about it in terms of, of tonality may be slightly misleading. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a, I, I would say I'm a very harmonic composer. Right. Um, harmony is sort of the thing that first attract, I can remember first attracting me to music okay. was hearing that hearing verticality, hearing, uh, a confluence of different notes that made up a chord and thinking that is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to make that. Um, and I, I really like, I, re- I remember that feeling. Uh, I remember having that feeling when I was as young as six or seven. Wow. Um, and I'm, I'm still kind of obsessed with harmony in my pieces, but I don't, I don't think about it too technically. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a sort of, I'm a very seat of the pants composer in some ways. Okay. I, I, uh, I know the, the kind of harmonies that I like and I, I know sort of from experience, uh, where things go in a piece and I don't, I don't really plan it, uh, too extensively in advance. I just sort of, start at the beginning and, and, uh, right to the end. Uh, and harmony is really part of that. It's like, there are harmonic ideas implied in whatever material I choose Mm -hmm. and the sort of, um, conflict that can arise from those is, uh, for me, integral to, the entire conception of, of the piece. Mm-hmm. So then uh, that's, that's fascinating. So but what then are, do you have any influences, compositional influences? Are there particular composers or uh, ensembles that you're attracted to and, and may or may not have had an influence on, on your own voice? Oh, I mean, uh, who, <laughs> like where to start with that question? Oh, okay. Of course. But yeah. um, it, it's impossible to say. I mean, I, I think, <laughs> Uh, I think there's a sense in which we are, uh, we're all sort of attracted to sounds that we've heard before Mm -hmm. that, that, that we know and love. Um, and that, yes, everything I do, I, you know, if I were to take apart the individual components of any of my pieces, and trace them back to their influence in, in my life, mm-hmm. you could say like, oh, this piece is just an assembly of, you know, 
50 or a hundred, uh, <laughs> different yeah. things that I've known and loved over the course of my life. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's fine. I, I don't particularly, uh, claim to have, uh, originated anything. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I think, I think trying to do that is, is kind of not what inspires me, but that's also very tricky <laughs> to do. I would imagine instead of just well, speaking your voice. Well, yes, and, and I think a, a voice is kind of what things do you put in that assembly mm-hmm. and how, how are they arranged. And I've, for me, often what I find is I'll be influenced by something and, and, and sort of inspired uh, by it. And in setting out to figure out just what about it is, that that thing that I love, like how is it put together? Like how is it made? Setting out to imitate it, I will miss the mark mm. and sort of sort of end up uh, with my own version of it, mm-hmm. or or you know my own totally corrupted version. Of it. <laughs> um, and I, I think that's actually. Uh, I, I have this theory that that's a lot of the way that any artist uh, figures out their own voice mm-hmm. um, is by sort of setting up to imitate something and failing. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. So I, I, I don't have really uh, any anxiety about trying to do that. <laughs> well, your music is incredibly beautiful. I, it doesn't, I, I mean, you've talked about the, intensity of and then and the resolution of your music a little bit in some of the pieces we talked about but for me when i'm listening to your music i I find it incredibly lush and beautiful and rich and harmonic the word harmonic comes to mind of course and you mentioned that and it's it's such a pleasure to listen but also it's not like anything i've i'm used to hearing as well my ear is constantly intrigued and i liked what you said about about safe travels where it just is always evolving because when i'm listening i i got that sensation that it, it hadn't settled yet (laughs) right and it's it's incredibly beautiful that feeling because it's 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 very different from the traditional sense of listening to chamber music or classical chamber music to use that 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 that, uh definition of what we do but Mm -hmm. um but to to have that sensation of listening and being taken somewhere and not get reaching the the kind of standing points that our ears have grown accustomed to through repetition it's it's really lovely feeling well i i uh, thanks for that uh, interpretation because that's very much something that I was going for. Um, yeah, I think you know that the, the um, I've been thinking about this this idea of sort of uh, coming from a place uh, musically, and for me, the place that I come from is very much the classical canon. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up studying piano. Uh, very seriously, and you're you're and actually so, a very accomplished pianist, still actively performing it. You're not just I, a composer. I do still perform. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's it's great. A, sort of, uh, not really half my time, but maybe a third of my time is spent as a performer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but but that world of be, you know being immersed in the piano literature, and then a little later the the chamber music literature and orchestral. Uh, that was sort of what obsessed me growing up. And I didn't much 
uh, feel the need to look beyond that until I was a little older. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can imagine, I was a very, very popular kid at school. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so that, I mean, there's an idea, uh, I, you know, I, I think now, of course, uh, there are tons of different influences piled on top of that. Mm-hmm. But this idea of how um, sort of classical and, and romantic music are put together, especially from a sort of uh, traditional idea of, of craft, of mm-hmm. compositional craft, um, is still something that really obsesses me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's sort of uh, what I would call my, my home base in a way. Well, that's a, that's a nice way to talk about this next thing because you're going to be here in Ottawa very soon and you're also going to be honored um, at the Glenn Gould, Glenn Gould Foundation event here with the National Arts Centre Orchestra on November 22nd. Sorry, November 26th. So for those who don't know, the Glenn Gould Foundation is celebrating the work of Philip Glass here at the NAC. At this event, he will be awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award and as part of that award... Glass is given the opportunity to award another Glenn Gould Foundation prize, the Protégé Prize. This prize is awarded to, quote, an outstanding young artist who shows the promise of an exceptional exceptional lifetime contribution to enriching the human condition through the arts, unquote, close quote. It seems like it's quite the honor to be chosen by someone like Philip Glass. It speaks to For sure. your already incredible success as a composer and performer. Can you tell us about the moment you found out you were the recipient of this award? Uh <laughs> I got an email, yeah. uh, just an email that sort of popped up in my inbox and I, you know, you, <laughs> when you get an email that says, Hey, you've won a prize, you're automatically <laughs> a little suspicious. Of right. It. it sounds like uh, it could have been a scam that didn't get through your junk filter, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, I kind of, I immediately forwarded it to my manager. I was like, do you need to know anything about this? <laughs> <laughs> and it's quite a prestigious kind of, prize. It's amazing. <laughs> I know, and I so I, you know, I did some googling, and and I saw the, you know, the whoever like Gustavo Dudamel and like people, these crazy people have uh, <laughs> gotten this prize before. I was kind of overwhelmed by it, um, and you know, it, it's it's very I, I think especially you know getting it from Philip. Uh, who's someone I've admired for a long time and, and actually gotten to work with a bit mm-hmm. in the past few years. It's just so, it's like such a Philip thing. I mean, he's, he's uh, sort of quietly one of the most supportive forces uh, in the music world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the, the amount that he does for young musicians and, and, you know, musicians from all over the world and, you know, not just composers or classical musicians, but all across the, the musical landscape, mm-hmm. um, his benevolent influence and, and presence can be felt. And he doesn't make a big deal out of it, but, you know, th- this is the kind of thing that, that I think uh, he's really beloved for within the music world besides mm-hmm. of course his, his uh, artistic contribution to the mm-hmm. field. So um, 
it, I, I mean, it just, I, I, I feel very grateful to be, uh, to be a part of that. It's, it's, it's great, you know, and, and the nice thing about it is as for our Wolfgang concert, unfortunately it's the week before you're here, but we get to highlight, right. we get to highlight your music there. And the next weekend you get to receive this award with, uh, Glenn Gould, uh, sorry. So with, uh, Philip Glass also receiving the award. Oh, Glenn gonna be there? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Talk about, talk about a slip. The Glenn Gould Foundation, Glenn Gould Foundation is the is the. Is I've the always presenter. wanted to meet that guy. I know. Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, anyway, so we're going to be playing some of Philip Glass's music, and you'll be there. And so this it's kind of a nice, a nice event that this Lifetime Achievement Award is being presented to Philip Glass, but also for you, that it it, it speaks to what he views as something what what he what he views as the future what your music for instance that he's he's recognizing your work your voice your 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 music as something that we should all be keeping an eye on that it's something that has has great importance for him already i think that's kind of great that i mean to have a protege Mm -hmm. prize it's it seems like it's it's very much sort of the way that uh the music world has has always worked yeah in in that uh, you know someone with uh, maybe a, a, an older artist, a more established artist with a big platform, big audience, will use that to sort of bring attention. Mm-hmm. Much, much as like you know, if if you're like Radiohead or someone, some big uh, touring act, mm-hmm. you'll want to give the opening slot to like a younger, less established uh, group mm-hmm. that you know. Yeah. Um, so it, it feels a little bit like that. It, it's it's great. It's fantastic. And I know we're all really looking forward to that. Um, so for you, though, what have you got any exciting upcoming projects that we can keep our eye out for? I, th- I think I saw you have a BSO commission, right? Has that yeah, happened yet? I'm that, I mean, that's I'm, I'm actually going to Boston tomorrow. Oh, wow. Uh, great. So that's sort of the thing that's uh, front and center. Um, I yeah, that that piece. um I wrote it maybe uh, about six months ago, uh, so it's been done for a little while, and I'm 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 very very curious to hear it, and, mm-hmm. and of course thrilled to be working with the Boston Symphony. Of course, yeah, um, <laughs> that's fantastic. Congratulations. Like thank you. Thank yeah. You. Um, other than that, I'm right now I'm sort of in the final stages of uh, a two piano concerto. Okay. So that's two pianos and orchestra. That'll Excellent. be done in, in uh, February in London. Okay. So I'm just, just finishing that up. Great. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us today. It's been great chatting with you. And, uh, My pleasure. I'm Thank you, Sean. I'm a huge fan of your music, and I hope our audience will check out your website. It's www.andres.com, and you can find a lot of Timo's music there, upcoming events. Um, you can learn more about him. And if you're in Ottawa on the 19th of November or the 26th or both, uh, please come check out these concerts. Wolfgang will be at the Mercury Lounge on November 19th. And we will have the Glenn Gould Foundation event on November 26th at the National Arts Centre. Thanks again, Timo. Take care. See you then. This has been a National Arts Centre podcast produced in Ottawa by NAC New Media. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store, where you can rate and comment on this podcast. 
We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NEC podcasts at necpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre. Thank you.